Welcome to Simone J. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And we are here tonight to talk to you about Ibogaine. 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 <laughs> I was trying to pull a pun out of that, but I don't I don't have one. Me neither. I'm not good on the puns. Yeah. Do you want to know what it is? I, wait, it's December and I'm going gain some weight. <laughs> <laughs> the holidays. Am I right? Ah, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> I'm glad you pulled that one. <laughs> oh, it took uh, me two seconds of thinking. That was as much worth as, it. It was definitely worth those, uh, those two seconds of my life. <laughs> Are you going to give us the background on Ibogaine? Okay, let me tell you what it is in case you're wondering, because when you su- uh, suggested the subject, I was not sure what it was. And I was like, oh, this isn't something that everyone knows about and yeah. uh, contacted doctors in Bolivia about going and getting treatment. No, just me. <laughs> it was Argentina. Uh, oh. <laughs> Okay, well, ibogaine is a naturally occurring psychoactive substance found in plants in the Apocynaceae or E family. <laughs> okay, and real quick, I just have to tell you guys, um, I was I Google pronounced that Apocynaceae, and the YouTube video for it was just like Apocynaceae or E. <laughs> So you have options on how you want to pronounce this when you tell all your family about plants of the Apocynaceae or Apocynaceae family. Yes. Because we I, know that you're going to talk about that around the Christmas dinner of table. you are. Yeah. I had to practice that for a little bit. So Apocynaceae. Oh, E. Okay. So this is a psychedelic with uh, disassociative properties. And is uh, what were you what were you looking into using this for, Sydney? Okay, so ibogaine is used in um, treatment for mainly people with opiate addiction. I don't have an opiate addiction, um, but it's also used for people with really bad um, depression, eating disorders, mental health issues, addictions, etc. Yeah. And I should know it is a Schedule One drug here in the United States. Which means it has no medical or therapeutic uh, properties and a high risk for addiction. And I'll just say Ibogaine is kind of like um, mushrooms where they, they're both Schedule One, but neither one is addicting. Uh, chemically or recreationally and ibogaine especially most people do it once and they are really glad they did it and they never want to do it again because it's a disassociative which isn't fun disassociatives aren't fun most people don't enjoy taking dissociatives right so intense yeah well and and ibogaine i'll let you finish the definition ibogaine is a 32 hour unpleasant trip and so yeah uh it's weird that it's schedule one because no one really wants to do that all the time. Yeah. And in other countries, there um, are different levels. In Australia, it's a prescription only. In Canada, the UK and the UN, it's unscheduled. Wow. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So like you said, it's used as an alternative uh, medicine treatment for drug addiction. Um, but I, what I read was that there's only preliminary research. So there's not a lot of data that has of how it's used in humans mm-hmm. um and because of it's prohibit the it's level, prohibited yeah uh it's hard to research it so so what are you gonna do well there's actually um a big clinic in mexico um and the doctor i forget her name she's a lady doctor get mm-hmm. this a lady scientist Ooh, i my know favorite type right um they've been doing research and treatment for over 20 years Um, And they have a lot of peer-reviewed studies on Ibogaine. So um, not a lot of research within the U.S., obviously, but uh, Mexico has a lot of scientific data on how Ibogaine works and how it can be used in treatment. That's great. So there are places that you can go to uh, get this therapy safely, um, just not here. Yeah, I read that um, it's used in preparations for medicinal and ritual purposes within the African spiritual tradi- uh, traditions. 
Wow, wow. I like that. Yeah. Of the Buidi. Oh, yeah. The Buidi tribe. Yes. And they claim they learned it from the pygmy peoples. Okay. According to the wiki. According to the wiki. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's the Buidi shamans who administer it. And um, so I don't know. We can get into. I, I don't know the like psychopharmacology of how it works. But um, I know how it's used medicinally. Um, and so I guess I can describe how that how that treatment works. Yeah, go for it. So I, I wrote the formula down. Oh, just in case anyone wondered, if if you want to know what it is, it's C twenty H twenty six N two O. So in case you want to, just in case you needed to know the in formula. case you needed to know the chemical formula for ibogaine. Um, so the way they uh, administer it medicinally. Well, okay, let me back up. So what it does is it resets your brain's dopamine receptors to a pre-addictive state, which is pretty amazing. Um, If you do drugs, basically your dopamine receptors are like blown out. And so it takes a lot to light up the pleasure centers in your brain. There's a really cool exhibit here in Phoenix at our Phoenix uh, Science Center um, where it shows a normal brain a mildly addicted brain and a severely addicted brain oh. when it's uh, exposed to stimuli. And so like a normal brain, a healthy brain, if you give it kisses, chocolate, like it lights up for those things. Yeah. But an addict brain doesn't because the dopamine receptors are blown out. So it takes so much more to trigger pleasure. It's like when you have a runny nose and you blow your nose so much that the inside gets swollen and then nothing's coming out and it's just all stuffy and you just feel uncomfortable and can't breathe anymore. It's a lot like that. <laughs> I'm. It's not. It's not an analogy that functions at a high level, but it is. For don't all my low level peeps out there. Okay, picture. Here's here's how our here's how our. Uh, our listeners, I'll put it in language that our listeners can understand. It's like when you beat off all the time. Like you just watch <laughs> porn and you beat off all the time and this you say a good enough. You yeah. fuck all the time, right? But um it it takes more and more to get you off each time. So like the yeah. dick's gone numb. Yeah, have you ever been with a guy who like clearly masturbates way too much and he can't get off from like blowjobs? Because it's just like not enough because he's used to like pounding his dick with a hammer <laughs> to have an <laughs> orgasm, you know, it's like that. Or like how Hugh Hefner had to have sex with like eight women while playing porn and like to, and have an orgasm. It'd be like his main girl would fuck him while other girls licked his nipples and like someone else played with his balls while he would watch porn. Oh, my God. That's so much work. It's so much work. Uh, read an autobiography by anyone who's ever dated Hugh Hefner. It's fascinating. It's a mm-hmm. whole ritual. Uh, for that man to have an orgasm because he's just had so much sex. Yeah. So <clears throat> the thing is when you quit doing drugs, it's really hard to like because we're we're pleasure motivated people, right? You train a dog by giving it treats. So like you have to have simple pleasurable stimuli throughout the day. Otherwise, why are you getting out of bed? Why are you taking a shower? Why are you going to work? Whatever. Like if Having clean hair doesn't feel good to you. If eating food doesn't feel good to you, like you're not going to do any of those things. And that's the problem with getting sober is, you you know, it can take years for your dopamine receptors to return like to a normal healthy state if like if that happens. Right. So Ibogaine resets them overnight. You do the trip overnight. They're reset to a pre-addictive state. And if you go back to your normal lifestyle and you keep you know, doing drugs, um, your brain will regress back to whatever. But it gives you a window of opportunity to reset your life and, you know, continue with therapy and change things and have a non-addict's brain. Mm-hmm. And anyone out there who's an addict, the idea of like waking up with a healed brain is like, yes, yes sign please. me up. Yeah. Um, so the other thing about Ibogaine is when you do the trip, you don't have the physical withdrawals of heroin. So you're able to get clean without the, I think it's like three days of withdrawals Mm -hmm. from heroin. So you get clean without that and then you're like sober with a better brain. So what they do is they say, 
go to therapy, have a new life in place before you go out of the country to do Ibogaine so that when you come back, you've got a better life. Right. Don't go back to your shithole apartment where everything's covered in needles. Yes. Um, People are like, hey, man, let's do this. Yeah, exactly. Look get what I of, got. Get rid of those friends first. Um, so what they do is most uh, respected clinics, you have to have an EKG first because they're it is a cardiac risk doing Ibogaine. Yeah, I actually wrote down some of the adverse effects that might happen. Okay. So um, in a large dose of Ibogaine, um, one effect may be ataxia, which is the difficulty in coordinating muscle motion. Mm -hmm. So it makes it very difficult to stand or walk without assistance. Mm -hmm. um, dry mouth, nausea, vomiting. Those are all things that may occur. Um, and those all all those symptoms, including the ataxia, could last from four to twenty-four hours. Okay. Um, I did read that sometimes it's administered per rectum. Oh uh, to Ooh. avoid the nausea and vomiting. So if you Ooh. don't want to get nauseous or vomit, just stick it up the ass, I guess. Put it in your butt. Put it in your butt. Um that is interesting because I've never read that. Yeah. Well, and then, most clinics do it via IV, I should you say. You would think. Yeah. Um, because to me, it and it just absorbing anything through your anus just sounds so dangerous. Like, yeah. you know, you hear like butt chugging. It's like people die. People die. Don't drink wine through your asshole. That's not what it's meant for. Your and asshole's not meant for you drinking will wine. Die. Yeah. You will die. Also, don't use Crisco as lube because you absorb um, what the fuck? those hydrogenated oils. Coconut oil. Yeah. First of all, use coconut oil for all of your holes. But for it was an, everything. It was an old school thing where men would use Crisco for lube uh, for gay sex. And they found out, well, hey, you know, you're like, you can give yourself high cholesterol from putting all that Crisco <laughs> in your asshole because it absorbs. <laughs> So you go to the doctor and they're like, your cholesterol's really shot up in the past few months, Bob. And Bob's like, I came out of the closet. <laughs> Using a lot of Crisco down yeah. at the club. And the uh, the doctor's like, have you considered uh, switching to a healthier oil, uh, an olive oil, maybe one of those MCT oils from the health food store, <laughs> some fish oil? Oh, fucking Christ. Uh, so um <laughs> okay well here's another interesting thing that i read um i read also that it can cause long qt syndrome at therapeutic doses apparently by blocking h-e-r-g potassium channels in the heart yes and uh lqts mm -hmm. as they call it long qt syndrome um, is a rare congenital and inherited or acquired heart condition. Okay. Which just seemed weird to me that inherited or acquired? What the fuck, Wiki? That means it can be either or. I know, but it just seems weird. You can be born with it or you can get it. Wow. So it's it is rare, but if you have it, maybe Ibogaine can help you. No, no. Oh, no, it can't help it you. It can't. No. Oh, it can cause it. It can cause it. Oh, yeah. No. Ibogaine, if you have a heart condition, you cannot do Ibogaine. And this is <laughs> this is the problem with going to an underground or non-hospital like Ibogaine. Because there are underground clinics in the U.S. where you can do it. Oh, no. There are like basically like improv clinics in the entire world where people just are like, I've helped friends get off drugs doing this, so I'll help you. But you really need to go to a hospital because... That's why they want the EKG. Yeah. So the, the doctor that I talked to, he had me get an EKG and blood work here in the States and send him the results before they would even talk to me. Because uh -huh. basically they're like, we don't want you to get down to Brazil and find out you can't do it. And other clinics like the one in Mexico, um, Dr. I want to call her Dr. Marsha, which isn't her name, but I think it might be Dr. Marsh. Her clinic, they do it there. So you go down there and you have an EKG, you have a blood panel, whatever. Because when you do the Ibogaine, most importantly, most importantly, 
you cannot do um, opiates within like two weeks of doing Ibogaine because you will die. You will die. You will fucking die. So people do this to get off heroin, but then try to do heroin again and they fucking die. So you go to the hospital and before your trip, they hook you up on an EKG machine. You're on a heart monitor the whole time and they administer it via IV most places. Some lesser clinics will do the pills and they have you take them over time. And I've read some horror stories of like parents who've saved up their life savings like $5,000 and to send their kid down to South America to get Ibogaine treatment because they're despondent and they see their kid is addicted to heroin and they spend all this money and the kid gets down there and they're in, you know, a foreign country and they don't speak the language. And it's just people like running a pop-up clinic, like basically being like, swallow all these pills. Oh my God. While you throw up from withdrawal and like whatever. So like the IV is ideal. And um, so when it's done right, you get the IV, you're on all the monitors, and you have round-the-clock people watching you because it's a 32-hour trip. Mm -hmm. And the way people describe it is that you basically, over that 32 hours, you relive your whole life and you, like, see everything that's caused you pain and hurt, and it's almost like you make peace with it and let it go. And that's the common thing is people say, yeah, you go through your whole life. It's like watching a movie of your life and you make peace with everything and let it go. Now, is this something that is like prompted? Like, no. So about your life or it just comes. That's the way it uh, materializes in our brain. Yeah, it just materializes naturally. So when people do Ibogaine, they again good treatment centers will have you go to therapy before and Mm. after and they'll set you up with a therapist make sure you have therapy afterwards but during the trip no one talks to you because it's a dissociative so you're not really able to talk right um because dissociatives make you feel like out of your body and out of your mind and like so yeah I think Mm. it's interesting that people tend to have the same experience even though it's unprompted where they live through their lives that is. And yeah, that's one of the things that said is that it is uh, often used not only for drug treatment, but for spiritual purposes and for finding yourself. Yeah. Kind of finding clarity in your life. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's why I wanted to do it is I like was reaching a breaking point where I was like, I don't want to have an eating disorder forever. Yeah. Like it was like actively ruining my life. And I just was like, I can't be like this anymore. And, um, yeah, I really, I really just, I don't know. A a scientist friend of mine kind of told me basically for the money, there's no guarantee. Like he's like clinically, like it looks like it has some good effects, but it is a lot of money for it not to work. And because it was going to cost me $5,000. That's a lot. And that's a for, that's a lot for not knowing what the, end result yes yes and and basically like it was like well I can work 70 hours a week for a year to be able to afford this but my mental health was deteriorating rapidly with that work schedule so I kind of recognize that that's not an option for me and that I can just turn to other psychedelic drugs that I can use safely and domestically yeah and that's been a thing um but okay, so I wanted to ask you though, when I was thinking about this, like if you were to see like um uh like your life in a movie, like because yeah. I picture like a montage, like the the shopping scene in Clueless, you yes. know, and she's trying on all the outfits. Like if you were to see your life as a um <laughs> as your life is uh something that has led you to sit in, sitting in this room with a woman who just can't stop burping. Um, like, what do you think, like, what, what do you think that would look like cinematically? Like picture that. And what do you think that it is that you would make peace with? Oh my gosh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a big question. Um, you can, you can throw a, a bunch of different ideas at me. You know, I think it would look kind of like. Uh, a traditional coming of age movie. Okay. Um, some a, a hard some hardships along the way. Uh huh. 
maybe some some rain scenes some <laughs> like sad in, music like in hope floats where she walks to her kids no she walks to see her dad in the nursing home yeah through the rain but then she gets there and she's not wet and it was dark like the whole time she was walking there but then it was light when she got there and i was like what's going on sandy b <laughs> i love hope floats. yeah me too mama Am I going to have to change my name to Bernice Matisse? <laughs> Can we have a listener party and watch Hope Floats? Because I have uh, only seen it once and oh, it was really? maybe twice, but it was like three years ago. And I, <laughs> I'm i obsessed with Sandra Bullock and I've seen all of her movies like 10 times. That's each. one of the best things I've ever heard about you. Yeah, I love, I love Sandy. She's a true America's sweetheart. I watched Hope Floats on Mushrooms. <laughs> Oh my god! What a weird movie to watch on mushrooms. I know. Well, it's why I noticed uh, the details. Like, why was it raining? And she's dry, and like, uh, I was just really connecting with it. But then, yeah, I was like, and I, I was at work one night, and people were like, "What are you going to do when you get off? What are you?" And I was like, "I'm going to get fucked up and watch Hope Floats." And yeah. then I went home and actually did it because <laughs> that's one of those things you say, and people think you're joking, but yeah. then you send them a picture of your TV. Girl, not for real. Not for real. Uh, yeah, that's a funny that you asked me that question because I just got back from New Mexico from visiting my family. Oh yeah, I got back today, and um. I'd say, you know, I'm just a small town girl moved to the city and uh, the the city changed me. It opened my mind and my yeah. hole in my soul. Your hole in your soul. <laughs> opened me up to new ways of thinking. And but I'm you know, I'm always going to be that small town girl also. And I, yeah. I fucking love my hometown. And every time I go there, I cry when I have to leave. Yeah. It's so dumb. But. That just you reminded know. me of the song Dime Store, Dime Store Cowgirl by Casey Musgraves. Uh-huh. Have you heard it? I don't know. It's really good. How does it go? Uh, uh, <laughs> sing me a little I ditty. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> she, she's like, I'm just a dime store cowgirl. That's all I'll ever be. And then she's like, she had to go to the big city. Uh-huh. I don't know. She had to spread her wings, and then she names all these places that she's been and how she smoked weed with Willie Nelson and stuff, but oh, she'll always yeah. be a dimes yeah. cowgirl. That's my jam. I fucking love Casey Musgraves. <laughs> I love her so much. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's very woodsy in New Mexico where I'm from, and I, I grew up in the woods. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. This is why we connect. I grew before I we lived on a lake. We lived in the woods. Oh, okay. I loved it. I yeah. I as a little girl, I remember. Uh, my, you know, my dad owned a couple acres, and I would go into the woods and try to get lost, and I'd always really? end up at the highway, and just like walk back home. But I, I yeah, I just that's where I. Felt like I, love I was it. A, w- a witch and a little nature witch, and when I go down there, I just like go smoke weed in the woods and reconnect. And That's awesome. My aunt gave me some crystals that my grandpa had brought home from the mine because he was like a hoarder of like rocks and crystals uh-huh. and stuff. So their whole yard is just covered in rocks and different types of crystals. That's so river cool. Rocks and shit. So she gave me some of those and. Yeah, and it was cool to like hang out with my brother and his kids and my cousin and her kid and come full circle. You know, we used to be the little kids playing with each other, and now we're the couples sitting around the table drinking and playing games while all the yeah. other kids are in the room playing. And... That's like a beautiful montage of family life. Yeah. It's so, just like this is us. Throw that in my movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Total aside, because um, I grew up in michigan and our first house like our backyards was woods we lived in a neighborhood we lived on a cul-de-sac but everyone else's house also it was all woods and you could get lost in it yeah and then we moved to a neighborhood where we lived on the lake and everyone just had these giant yards that ended at a lake and i don't know and like the houses that didn't back up to the lake backed up to the woods so like you'd be just playing in nature and that was the hardest thing moving out here was um just being like your yard is this square this walled in square and it was really weird with rocks yeah i met this guy once who his family moved here from mexico his parents immigrated 
to give him a better life. But he was a little kid when they did it. And he said he was so angry about coming to America because where he lived, there were lakes and streams and they would just, you know, do kid shit in nature all day. And then his parents moved him to like Gilbert, Arizona, where everything was tan and everything was just these square, you know, fenced in yards. And he was so upset as a kid because he didn't understand like that this was a better life. Yeah. Because in his brain, he's like, how is this better? Like, where the fuck is nature? Yeah, it is one of the harder parts of living here in Arizona, especially mm-hmm. in the city. It's like, there's nothing. There's no nature. You can go hiking, but it's just rocks and desert. Yeah. And it's beautiful in its own way. But when you've grown up with trees all around uh-huh. you and seasons. It's very different. It's so hard to get used to. Yeah. And I've lived here for like 16 years now Mm -hmm. and um you know I still I get homesick and luckily I live five my hometown's five hours away so I just hop in the car and yeah hoof it I mean that's kind of why I want to move to California because I feel like baby steps because I do love the desert and I love hiking and stuff so much that it's like I'm still in the desert there's still nature if I get homesick for like my friends or family they're right there and like I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, is that silly that like it'll be a big deal for me to move to California? But I'm like, also, it's like just knowing what grounds me and I want to stay next to what keeps me sane. Totally. So. okay, so I know what my movie would be now. Okay, it would be an indie rock comedy coming of age tale. Yeah. About a small town girl moving to the big city. Yeah. And becoming an alternative rock chick. Fuck and yeah. just finding her own way. I love and it. Finding her soul and her whole. That's right. <laughs> oh shit! That reminded me of something, but that's for our update episode. Oh, okay. Teaser. Oh, you gotta listen to between oh, the weeks. Between the weeks with two freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we have to have a different title for it. I, I think it's it's amazing. At least they're on the same podcast feed. It's not yeah. like we have two different shows to no. subscribe to because that would be insane. We're not going to make you do that. No, we're not. We'll just give you all, all of it. All of it. Just one feed and you get an hour and 20 minutes with us a week. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. I think so. Yeah. So. What would your movie be? <laughs> um, as always, mine's like way darker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I was thinking about it this morning and when I was like, oh, I'm going to ask you what it would look like. Like, what would the trip through her life be like and what would her realizations be? And I was thinking that I bet if I were to trip my ass off for two over a day and a half on a dissociative drug in Bolivia. Yes. Um, I think that I would realize that I'm loved more than I've ever felt that I'm loved. Yeah. I would, I would, I would realize that I am loved more than I've ever known and I think think that and see now I've saved myself five thousand dollars I think that my experiences with love my early experiences with love was like being hugged by like barbed wire or like thorny roses like I just picture Mm -hmm. this like sort of animation of this like barbed thing trying to like hug this little child yeah because like it I was loved, but, like, my association with being loved and emotional intimacy is, like, very, very painful. And so I think that, like, I blocked out, like, the positive intention behind it. Right. And I think that I've, like, shut down, like, love and caring because, to me, it was such, like, early on, it was such a painful experience. And I think that's why I'm, like... I have a hard time. Like, I don't have a hard time with emotional honesty, but I do have a really hard time with emotional intimacy. Like, just when people are like, yeah, like, you know, someone who really sees you and knows who you are and loves all of you. I'm like, oh, God, like, why would I? (laughs) I want someone to love an idea of me. Yeah. Not who I really am, you know? And No uh, one could ever love who I really am. Well, yeah. I read this article um, written by Maria Bamford recently about 
her comedian Maria Bamford has struggled with mental illness and her always saying like she couldn't date because um, she's like, I'll get my shit together and then I'll be worthy of love. And then like she'd have another breakdown and, you know, be like, okay, well, not now, but when I get my and then realizing like that this struggle is part of her life and that she can be loved despite of it because it's part of who she is and she's worthy of love including that it's never gonna be a time when she has her shit together and it's over yeah it's always gonna come and go and be a part of something she has to deal with yeah and recognizing that people will love you despite your imperfections yeah um because i'm a very guarded person that doesn't like to show their weaknesses Mm -hmm. like I'm super open about my mental health problems, but I don't really like show them right to people i'm like working on it it's because like, it's like fine to talk about it but to actually see it yeah would be totally different yeah like when i feel okay i can talk about it but like yeah i don't know um so yeah i think that i would i would realize like that i am i i have been loved and it was very painful in the past but that i'm like worthy of love mm-hmm. um and that's an interesting concept like just yeah. being flawed beings and accepting people for being flawed beings but like that starts with accepting yourself right so i don't know yeah i really like that yeah just like being like yeah there's cracks in the sidewalk and uh-huh. these roses have thorns and like it's still a beautiful fucking you know stroll mm-hmm. it's a beautiful neighborhood <laughs> Even though there's flaws in it. Yeah. Because I'm so into, like, I'm so into artifice and veneer, like, artistically. I love drag. I love theme parks. Like, mm-hmm. I love this stuff that does present as artifice. Um, Like, it's not trying to fool you, right? Like, drag queens aren't trying to convince you that they really are women, but it is a beautiful illusion. Right. And, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have, like, a weird thing with, like accepting the ugliness the real shit yeah 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 like i want it's hard yeah reality's fucking hard yeah that's something uh me and my family talked about a lot this weekend just just the realization of like everyone isn't always going to be what you want them to be Mm -hmm. and even if you tell them what you want them to be they're still not going to be that yeah because they're their own person (laughs) and in reality, like everyone's just doing the best they can. You yes. know, no one wakes up and says, you know, I think I'm just going to do a half ass job today at living. I think that some and, people do, though. Well, maybe some people do. But I like I, I like to believe that everyone wakes up with the best intentions of having like the best life they can. Girl, and me too. But I don't know that they, that's true. Even if they're not, they're actively not doing it. They, yeah in some warped way think that they are yeah i don't know but um yeah yeah no i think i you know i generally go around thinking that most people are like well-intentioned kind empathetic people and then it's like when people are like cruel or self-centered um i have a hard time with it and then i have to realize like well they're not evolved enough to realize that they aren't the only person in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone called for directions to my work the other day. My coworker answered the call and said, yeah, we're on the southeast corner of blah, blah, blah. You'll see us here. And um, they go, oh, OK, so you're on the right. And he's like, after he got off the phone, I was like, that is the perfect example of people who can't think outside of themselves is like you said southeast corner because that's a universally degree- agreed upon direction yeah no matter what direction you're facing but they are so self-centered they're they're so solipsistic as they say um that they are only seeing it from their perspective right and And they think they that you know their perspective yeah like (laughs) they're sitting in their car wherever the fuck they are going oh so on the right and not realizing that you aren't looking at it from the same angle (laughs) yeah um so solipsism which is like thinking that your perspective is the only one in the world uh-huh. is a cardinal sin in the church of Satan. 
Uh, <laughs> you know what? I think that's a good sin. Too. I think it is a good sin. Yeah. So, so people who are like that, which is a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. You know, they're vegan and they think everyone should be vegan, or they are Christian and they think everyone should be Christian, or they always think that Vovomina is to their right. Uh, <laughs> like they, that's such an unevolved brain, and so then like being able to treat them with the kindness to be like, okay, they're a self-centered asshole, Mm -hmm. but they're just, it's their curse because they aren't evolved enough to know that they aren't the only person in the world and that that brings them pain and suffering. Like their small mindedness brings them suffering. So I don't need to be mad at them. Mm -hmm. I don't need to waste my anger on them because they're, they're going to get their comeuppance. Like, yeah. I feel like everyone goes through that when you're just not thinking largely mm-hmm. or worldly and um, you're just closed minded. And I, every I feel like everyone has that realization where they're like, whoa, I've been thinking like way too inside the box. Like there's a there's a whole fucking world outside the box that I haven't seen. Not everyone has and that realization. God damn it, Sydney. Just I let want me them be to be ignorant Listen, in my beliefs and no, people. No, trust me. Like I want them to. You and I both spend a lot of time with people with, on podcasts say, okay. who I are like really I'm... like thinking. And I think that I I would like to think that everyone gets that. But then you meet someone in their sixties who is like as petty as right. a fifteen year old, and you're like, oh, you never had your moment. Like usually, you know, th- living through the cycle of like giving birth and like having love losing loved ones like all these things kind of humble you and make you think outside of yourself right but it doesn't work for some people (laughs) you know what (laughs) you're totally right you are right because I do know people like that who have never they are still really in in their own little world they're adolescents all they think about is how things affect them but what I am saying is I think that everyone who has moved past that yeah. has also been in that moment yes like i've definitely been oh god neurotic about things and think that you know it's all about me and like how everything's affecting me yeah and then i finally you know have that wake-up call where i'm like oh wait like i'm also affecting everyone like a total yeah. asshole yeah like i'm being a fucking cunt yeah and like, like i'm crying about Whatever the fuck, but really, I'm ruining everyone's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's For like, example. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. So have you cried on Christmas? No, not in a long time. Uh, <laughs> there was one one Christmas, like years and years ago, probably like six years ago, where there was a a huge argument at the at the dining table, and everyone left. And Christmas was ruined. Oh, man. And maybe it was because I was just a little too blunt that day. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. So, but I feel like every family has that shit happen. Yeah, that's like a normal thing. It's always, it's always the holidays. Growing up, my family always thought it was just us, right? Because, like, no one... No one admits, like, their family's a fucking mess, too. And so it was always, like, an inside joke. Like, there's always a huge fucking blowout. Every birthday or holiday, it'd be someone's running up the stairs crying and someone's screaming. And it was always something every holiday. Yeah. Like, when I was little, maybe it was, like, my mom and my uncle fighting or my grandparents getting a fight. And then as I got older, it's, like, me and my siblings fighting or, like I said, me just being super blunt and starting fights at the table and when instead of being like you know what i'm feeling this but it's not the time exactly yeah so this uh, this actually now that i think of it might be our christmas episode because i'm looking at the calendar and this is gonna air this is the last episode airing before christmas oh shit unless we do an update okay well because this is gonna air on the 20th spoiler alert podcasts aren't live hate to break it to everyone this is not a live recording we got lives to live we have to work we have to plan ahead damn it we have to plan ahead you know why we plan ahead because we're professionals and if we didn't this would have only lasted a week yeah and instead it's lasted like three months damn maybe more 
We've been at it. We've been at it. We've been on the grind. And I'm super excited uh, in the new year to bring everyone like merch. Yeah. Karaoke nights. <gasps> Websites. Websites. There's wiki gonna, pages. There's going to be so much. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, Merry Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, I love that this is it. We've talked as much about holidays as we have about Ibogaine. And that's okay. Because, like, real realistically, Ibogaine is, like, a really serious drug to do, and it's very expensive, so this isn't, like, practical. that anyone can just go get their hands on. Yeah, this isn't, like, a one-hour field guide to the drug, because, really, if you're going to if you're gonna spend $5,000 on anything, do a little bit of research. Yeah, unless I would it's, hope. Yeah. Unless it's, like, a night at the strip club and you got that type of money, in which case, can you fucking give us some? Because that would be really dope. <laughs> Like, if you have $5,000 to just, like, spend, um, spend it on some Monje. Yeah, right. Well, here, let me just wrap it up with a... a I mean, we don't have to wrap it up. We have time. Oh, no, no. Not wrap up the episode. Oh, wrap up uh, Ibogaine. Ibogaine. Okay. With a few more little facts about it. Um, So, how is it extracted? How is it extracted? (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's an indole alkaloid, and it's obtained either by extraction from the iboga plant uh-huh. or semi-synthesis. Synthesis. Synthesis. S's. Okay. This is my favorite episode ever. Because I've just been... This episode, like... It somehow makes more sense and less sense than any of the others all at the yeah. same time. I feel like I feel weird because I just like drove five hours and then took a shower and came over here. So that's kind of what I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I, I don't I, know what I'm doing. I was actually naked when you got to the studio. I was like, can can, can I come in? And can then I, I don't know. It's steamy in here. And then I was like, I'm naked. Come in. <laughs> I was like, hi. And I was like, hi, let me put pants on. <laughs> <laughs> which i did listeners i'm not gross i'm not just sitting here in the studio with a wet ass sticking to my studio chair if you did want to i wouldn't i wouldn't care wouldn't that be really weird though it would be i'd probably just keep looking at your boobs and be like i'm sorry i don't mean to but they're <laughs> boobs and you know it's just weird when people show them because no one ever shows their boobs and so you stare at them it's awkward Do you think, okay but like i look at people's outfits a lot so like maybe okay maybe when someone's naked you feel like you're staring at them more because they're naked but you would be looking at them the same amount That's if they were true. wearing clothes yeah have you watched sarah silverman show on hulu no but i hear it's really I, good i love you america i think that's what's yeah called. on her first episode there's just two naked a naked man and a naked woman sitting in the front row and she's like let's just desensitize people right now like let's just show you some naked bodies um, and, um you know what i i was looking at all the all the bits because it's just so you never see it. You never unless, see it. I mean, unless you're watching porn, you're per- you're like purposefully looking for it. But just yeah. randomly having nakedness, uh-huh. we're such fucking prudes in America. It's like unsettling in some way. You're yeah. like, oh my god, a naked body. At I least get that's all how that. I feel. I'm uh, like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. You're naked. Ugh. I actually get like kind of like grossly like excited, where I'm like, like <laughs> not like sexually excited, but just like, yeah, <laughs> be naked. Yeah. Put it out there. It's Just like do it. Okay, I when I moved to Phoenix, I lived in a neighborhood with like a lot of transgendered and transsexual prostitutes. Uh huh. Like really, this all of this sounds fucking patronizing because I, I was gonna say really good ones. Like, what does that mean? They're pretty or they're passing, but like really right. fucking glamorous. Where I'm like, there's like fucking hair, there's nail, and like every time that I would see, um a trans prostitute out at like three in the morning or one time I saw one at like six in the morning where they were determined to make like X number of dollars that night. Right. They're like, I am not going home until I make $500. <laughs> yeah. So they're still fucking working it even though the sun is up. Yeah. So every time I see a trans prostitute, I'm like, yes, like get it girl. Uh-huh. And I don't like mean that in like a patronizing way or whatever, but I'm like, you got bills. Like, 
fucking Harkins isn't giving you a job and you are making that money because yeah. you have to buy that hair. And I get it, girl. Mm-hmm. I spend like I spend way more money than anyone in my income level should spend on being attractive. Like, I get it. Pound that pavement. Getting the bobo. Getting that bobo, you know? <laughs> Shit. I've been playing taxi driver morning, noon, and night for my drunk doctor so I can get that bobo. Oh, oh fucking Christ. And it's become a thing. It's been oh, a little bit no. much. And I need to start making that money so yeah. I don't have to play taxi driver and I can just buy my bobo. <laughs> so you might see me out at six in the morning. <laughs> so anyways, what I'm saying is someone might like be shocked the first time they see a prostitute. But like if they see him all the time, you're like, got it, girl. Like, yeah. listen, maybe people in quote unquote polite society don't have room for you, but I have room for you. We don't live in polite society. Yeah. And you know what? Polite quote unquote polite society is rude as fuck. So fuck you. Get it, girl. But anyways, that's Mm -hmm. how I feel when I see naked people. Yeah. I'm like, get it. Get it. You are going against the grain. Mm -hmm. You are bold as fuck. Get it. Just same thing with like eating healthy. It's like so rebellious being naked. Yeah. (laughs) Eating a salad. Sucking dick for money. I I think oh. everyone should do more of those things. Being naked, eating a salad in your bed. Oh, shit. I, but here's the thing. <laughs> I knew that was going to get you. You're like, oh, no. Because we're listing things that are taboo. Yeah. But eating in bed is taboo for a reason because it's gross. <laughs> Especially if you're me and you're dropping basalmic-covered fucking onions on your sheets and then you have to go to the laundromat. <laughs> Don't eat in bed. Here's okay. Here's a list of things that you can do, as per Simonche edict. You can have sex for money. That's fine. That's you fine. can be naked when other people aren't. That's fine. As long as it's your choice. You can eat lettuce when everyone else is eating pizza. It's okay. That's fine. Don't eat in bed. You can eat in bed. What movie are we supposed to watch in your bed? Oh, Freddy. No. All the Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Yeah, which is Freddy Krueger. Okay. I put on the Sex in the City movie the other night Ooh. to fall asleep to. Yeah. I ended up watching the whole thing. I stayed up till two in the morning watching it. I yeah. cried three times. What the fuck? You would think I've never seen this dumbass movie in my life. I like and watching it, I'm like, there's a lot of problematic things in this movie. Like, oh yeah. Watching it now from when it I, came out. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I just have sex in the city is just so I love sex. in the There's city. just something about it. I mean, I remember being a teenager mm-hmm. living in this huge house in Scottsdale with my mom that we didn't have like hardly any furniture for. So yeah. our living room was just like a couch and a TV. Uh-huh. It's just so empty and awkward. And I would just drive to Blockbuster and rent like as many episodes as I could get on DVD and then take them home and watch them of Sex and the City. I and then it. I take it back to Blockbuster. They're like, hey, ready for the rest? <laughs> we have the new season over there. <laughs> by that, I think it had already ended by then. Yeah, but, I love um, that story. Yeah, I was obsessed. And then, you know, I had my VHS collection and yep. I had all the seasons of yeah. Sex and the City on VHS. And Fuck yeah. Yeah, even though it's like so white and whatever i don't care i, don't I care. still think it's good yeah. i think it's good people always try to like do these like cri- like there was an episode where it was like sh- samantha was dating a bisexual guy and some of the girls were like oh no no carrie was dating a guy and she found out he was bisexual and like poly and she was like uncomfortable with it uh-huh. and decided to end it and people are like it's so problematic that she like was uncomfortable with it because he was bi and poly. And it's like, you know what? It's okay to be uncomfortable with that. She didn't say like, ooh, he's gross. He's a bad person. She was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. It's not for me. And that's fair. She was a serial monogamist, except for when she cheated on Aiden. Like, But like when people act like you have to be okay with everything, it's like... No, you don't. Yeah. Okay. It's okay to not like to eat brussels sprouts as long as you don't get mad that other people do right like exactly i love it i love sex in the city i love so, yeah i, I also like yeah i'll fucking 
we what's her name sarah jessica parker oh yeah oh I, she's everything I love her yeah she was the one i always pretended to be when we played hocus pocus when i was little oh like my cousin That's would so be bet midler cute. i'd be sarah jessica parker and uh-huh. then we'd make our our little boy cousin who wanted to always just be involved the other one kathy and, to jimmy yeah i'm sorry kathy to jimmy i just called you the other one but it's all right Oh, she's great too. I mean, yeah, we love Kathleen to Jimmy. We love Hocus Pocus. We love it. Come fly away with me. I don't remember ever seeing Hocus Pocus. I'm sure I must have, but I don't remember anything about it. There's no way I haven't seen it, but like, I don't remember it. Sarah Jessica Parker was just like a ditzy little sex pot witch. I need to watch it. Maybe I haven't seen it. Maybe it was like one of those things my parents were like, you can't watch it. It's evil because we're super Christian. Maybe probably that might have been it. It so, was a Disney movie, but still, Disney's the devil. I I didn't have a Disney family. We Oof. didn't do Disney at my house. Really? Not I like just watched all the Disney Channel all day. I just laid in bed in my grandma's spare bedroom watching Disney Channel all day. We would watch Lawrence Welk show on PBS. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for supporting PBS as a child. I, I hope would... you continue to do so. I mean, I yeah, I would I would stay up late. I wouldn't let my parents know. I'd stay up late to watch "Are You Being Served," which was a saucy British sitcom from the seventies. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) ibogaine is an indole alkaloid obtained either by extraction from the iboga plant or by semi-synthesis from the precursor compound. I don't know how to say this word. Serpentine. Another al- uh, another plant alkaloid. Alkaloid. A cool. plant alkaloid. It's a plant alkaloid. Shabada da 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 da. I don't know how to talk. Shu is speaking in tongues because she participated in a buidi spiritual ritual. Shabada alkaloid. Shada. Sorry if you find that problematic. I don't mean it to be. Oh my god! Um, okay. Can we have like a little song that we do? That's just no. That's sorry if you find it problematic. I'm picturing. Remember Moon Zappa's song Valley Girl, where she just talked over a track and was like, "Yeah, like totally." But instead, it's you just saying, "I'm sorry if you find that problematic," but I don't know. <laughs> Like, I was walking through the mall the other day, and I said, and like, oh my god, sorry if you find that problematic, but like, I don't know. You are the Moon Zappa of Phoenix. Thank you. I'm the Debbie Gibson of Phoenix. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Maybe we can find some photos of them and recreate them this week. Oh, that would be the best. Like, we'll do, do yeah. Okay. Hashtag goals. Hashtag we need to Google if we can find a photo of them together as teenagers. We're going to have to do some photoshopping. There's going to be some deep Googling and a lot of posing. A lot of Shu and I posing in denim jackets. I have have denim jackets. There we go. Hey, do you want to Paul in my pocket? (gasps) Fuck yeah, Paul in my pocket. Get in my pocket, Paul Riser. And by pocket, I mean vagina. And by Paul, I mean your dick, Paul. In my pocket. In my pocket. All right, well, his family is of Romanian Jewish descent. Hot. Yep. Oh, fuck, I just came so hard. I'm glad I put pants on. Romanian Jewish. God fucking damn it. Isn't that a good mix? (sighs) My nipples are fully erect. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She just checked her watch. But I'm gonna go see the disaster artist. I know tonight. I'm excited for you. I'm gonna we'll we'll talk about it in the updates. Yeah. On the way from New Mexico, we listened to um James Franco's interview with Mark Marin. That was a good episode. I it really enjoyed good. it. Yeah. I like they had some I I just enjoy any time Mark Marin has awkward uh, yep. interactions that he has to clear the air. I love it. <laughs> and they're like, I just, I, it's always like, I, I don't know, man, you're just kind of a dick. And like, well, I don't know why you didn't like me. And he's like, yeah, I was kind of a dick. 
Because I, he's always like, I made up this whole person in my head that you yeah. were, and so I took everything that you said to be a sign that I was right that you were a dick. Because I was like, yeah, he's a dick, and he's being a dick. Uh, and it turns out like I was totally just made that all up in my head. And yeah. it's like I can't believe you're in your fucking late fifties, still doing this, and you're still fucking doing this. And I love how he said like, yeah, most of the time when I'm being a dick, it's just like me not paying attention to whatever you were doing or saying and being completely in my own head yeah and so it has like nothing to do with the person i'm being a dick to it's all me it's all him which just makes me a dick yep <laughs> and i was like yeah that's uh yeah accurate god i I'm I, s- I would imagine i when i first started listening to mark Marin, i like thought like fuck this is like because i related to him so hard and i'm really glad that years later what is it like seven years into me being a mark maron fan uh-huh. that i'm so not like that anymore because i'm tired i'm too tired to yeah. fucking come up with personalities for other people and project <laughs> onto them i'm too fucking tired uh so there's what i'm thankful for <laughs> even though this is our christmas episode and not our thanksgiving episode well you know what you should just be thankful on all the holidays and all the days and whatever yeah. Yeah, I'm going to add this because we ended that one episode by telling people to do that meditation exercise about the gross food they ate as kids. And I'm going to add this to this episode. Everyone, like, keep a gratitude journal. Oh, it sounds terrible to say, but like really get some perspective on your life and think about the things that you're fortunate for. It sounds hokey, but it's so easy to focus on the negative things that happen to you and in your life, your day to day. Oh, how shitty. Barbara's being a bitch at the office again, yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, when you just sit down and have to write five, ten things you're grateful yeah. for every single day, it really does bring into perspective like how awesome your life probably really is. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes on my way to work, I'll be driving down the freeway and I'm just like, man, I'm grateful for those dumbass brown ma- mountains in front of yeah. me. Yeah, and I just start thinking about like I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful. I'm driving and yeah. I have a cool dog at home and yeah. a cool guy in my bed and, you know. All the beauty that I, your life possesses. Yeah. I'm walking. I can walk. I'm yeah. healthy. Like, oh, my God. Even just the simplest things. And it just puts you in a better mood and an overall, like, sets a better tone for the day, for your life. You know what I think people should do? You know how, like, little kids will just do, like, weird shit because they'll figure out, like, my body does this. They'll, like, lay on their back and wiggle their legs around or, like, yeah. do some sort of weird, like, dance or movement because they're like, holy shit, my body moves this way. I've never moved my body this way. Yeah, and it does yeah. this. And then adults get so, like, they just, like, walk and they sit and that's all they do. Uh-huh. And it's, like, because it's not cool to, like, wiggle around and put your tongue out and do, like, but I fucking do that shit all the time. Number one, it's good. It loosens up the muscles because you know what makes your body all stiff and sore? It's just walking and sitting. Oh, yeah. So like when no For one sure. when no one's looking, do some weird shit. Do it. Do just wiggle around. Do something yeah. weird. Pretend you're a kid. And because uh, yeah. you'll see a kid in the middle of the bank just fucking doing something weird. Because I don't know. When my nephew was like littler, he uh, would do this thing where he would just like kind of give you this like check me out look uh-huh. and then put his hands on the floor and put one leg up yeah and just be like and he'd do hold that pose for just a few seconds and then get up and be like ah, ah, <laughs> you see that i can lift a leg up and um it's and just you're like, like that's pretty cool yeah it's cool it's weird and do that do that yeah put Try your hand that. put your hands on the ground <laughs> lift a leg up and then look in the mirror and be like yeah i did that my body did that or do what I did today. I got home from New Mexico and I was so hungry and cranky that I just crumpled to the floor and laid on my back. And then I put both my hands and legs up like a dying beetle uh-huh. and just kind of like, yeah, moved them up and down and back and forth and was like, I'm hungry. But instead of being hungry, just do that. Just do that instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, And then, you know what? Just like touch someone else's body like you're amazed by it. I don't know. That's what I do when I'm laying in bed. Here's the thing. When people cuddle, they just generally they put their arm around someone like in the safe zone. Put their arm around right. their waist. But like, why don't you like just look at another human being and be like, your body's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Grab the top of a thigh just firmly. Just firm- give it a little squeeze and just a- say, that man, that's a good thigh. That's a good thigh. 
I think it just we had an audio glitch. We were just jib jabbing and realized uh, there's nothing. There's, there's no, no recording. recording. And will I check to see what the fuck just happened? No, probably not. I might Maybe. after I post it for the internet to <laughs> listen to. We will check it by listening with all of you. With all of you, because we're in this together. <laughs> all right, is that a beautiful? Uh, yeah, you gotta go. You gotta make a movie, guys. I uh, I'm gonna go see the disaster. Artist. All right, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. And On an update. Well, yeah, we'll do a be between the weeks next week and have a, a merry fucking Christmas, I guess, and a happy hump day. Happy hump day. Bye. <laughs>